Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, live on twitch.tv forward slash Simon Miller 316. If you uh, have never frequented, why don't you come down and frequent? Don't know what that means. Also, I need to remind everybody, people keep asking me, yeah, we have an audio feed too. Just search for Simon's Pro Wrestling Show in uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or whatever you use, and you get exclusive episodes. There's a really good episode up there at the moment featuring NXT and the spoilers. I won't say more than that, but I tell you, I really enjoyed that chat. You should check it out, and of course, you can come on the podcast. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316 when you're there you will see a bunch of rewards and a bunch of options i would love to hear your voice coming down these airwaves along with mine wrestling never ceases <laughs> over the weekend i was like so much happening so much happening all the time people getting mad people yelling at each other people doing this people doing that and then we get to monday and you're like well i know there's going to be news in the next 24 hours because it's raw and there's nothing that there's nothing that we can't do so uh, yeah, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange piece. I guess the big news is that WWE has now enforced a mask policy. If you break the mask policy, you uh, will get fined. I think it's five hundred dollars for the first offense, and then a thousand dollars if you do it again. It was kind of weird because then I watched Raw, and there was one person who was wearing a mask but wasn't covering their nose. I was like, dude. It's not the point of a mask. It's not just about wearing a mask. It's about wearing the mask to do the right thing. And of course, everyone's just yelling about masks. I mean, wear a mask. It's not hard. Just do it. Oh, but it's bollocks. All right. Lots of the things in life are bollocks. <laughs> just do it. Wear a mask. It's easy. As for Raw itself, I dug it a lot. I thought it was, I think there's still a lot of shenanigans and nonsense on it that when you're watching, you have to point out, you have to criticize. You can't pretend this stuff isn't happening because it absolutely is. But I like the stories and I like the characterization and I like where we're headed. I do agree with this idea that Paul Heyman was clearly planning for the future. And now, you know, Bruce Pritchard's come in and it's more like, oh, no, what can we do now? Hence why, you know, big shows being pushed and all the, you know, Alistair Black, for example. Alistair Black's contribution over the last few weeks has basically been nothing, interference, quick match, get beaten up, be a hero. It didn't really, you know, head in any, in any, in any actual direction. But I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that when we get out the other side of Extreme Rules, those things will start happening. I don't know. But I mean, Apollo Crews is still, you know, focused. And so is MVP and Bobby Lashley. But they're not really the future, are they? Especially not Bobby Lashley and MVP. Although I will say that I think Bobby Lashley and MVP get better every single week. They really do. They are a great team. They have so much chemistry. I've just realized we didn't have anything between Lana and Natalia. I should have mentioned that in ups and downs live, 2 p.m. BST. If you're watching this live, make sure you check it out. I should have mentioned that. Where did they go? But I don't care. I'm just happy that they've split Lana from Bobby Lashley. It's one of those few times that WWE did the right thing. You know, as opposed to dropping storylines that makes me want to take my face and smash it into a wall. This was one where I was like, you're actually holding people back. Don't do that. You know, don't, don't just get it done. Just, just move forward. You've, you've gone to something here. Go and find something else for Lana to do. And then we can, 
and we, we can focus on Bobby Lashley and MVP, which they did do. And of course, that also led to the reveal of the brand new Universal title, which everybody, Universal, United States title, which everybody hates because of course they do. I thought it looked great. I thought it looked really, really, really good. And I love the storyline of MVP just deciding, oh, I'm the United States champion now. And obviously we're going to get MVP versus Apollo Crews at the pay-per-view. I don't even mind if MVP wins it. I think MVP has been on such a roll. And again, I'm being somewhat of a, of a hypocrite here because I'm now actively stopping, uh, you know, Apollo Crews is the one that needs the spotlight. But from a story point of view, I think it's more interesting to see what Bobby Lashley and MVP are going to do. So... You know, we'll, uh, we'll we'll wait and see. But I loved all of that. I'm glad to see Ricochet and Cedric Alexander back. Got this horrible feeling that they're only there because of lack of bodies, given the testing situation. But who cares? When needs must. And if that's, you know, how we get them on television, then hell yeah. I also kind of want Cedric Alexander to join MVP's group. I thought that whole skit of MVP talking to, um, to Cedric Alexander and trying to win him over... I don't think you can... Ricochet, to me, is a, is a proverbial babyface, right? I'm not sure I'd ever buy him as a heel. I'm sure he could do it, but I don't think now's the right time. Whereas Cedric Alexander, who has been off TV for longer, I think would fit into that role perfectly. And MVP should be adding to this. I know that, you know, MVP and Bobby Lashley have a good chemistry together, but we should take that chemistry and try and have it benefit other people. And Cedric Alexander is a guy that can absolutely benefit from that. Cedric Alexander is great. It's a mystery to me as to why you know why why isn't he being used more and i get it probably because he's a high flyer and not very big <laughs> which in wwe is a death nail but you know those two are great as a tag team didn't mind that they lost to mvp and bobby lashley because they're the ones you're focusing on right now so yeah to me i loved it i i really love all of that it's just it's just because the performances are so good and that is centered by what mvp is doing so i can't I don't know. What do we do at the pay-per-view? I'm not sure. I tell you what we are doing at the pay-per-view, though. Crappy segue. We are doing Sasha Banks versus Asuka, and we are, of course, doing Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Uh, the women's division is awesome. It just is. Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Asuka especially have made Raw and SmackDown and NXT excellent television. They have. Like, Sasha Banks and Bailey just are a great team. And I love this slow build, and I love the fact they keep booking each other in matches and then looking at each other like, what are you doing, you crazy so-and-so? It's just so simple and it's so easy. And Oscar is just, you know, the benefit from all this pandemic stuff is that somehow Vince McMahon finally realized, oh, Oscar's really good. We should give her more. And it's also a silver lining of Becky Lynch stepping away. There was a big hole and Oscar stepped into it. She doesn't she doesn't do any wrong. Like, I'm not saying it's all perfect, which I'll talk about in a minute, but I do. I just love it. I love it. I think that Sasha Banks has come of age. You know, because she kind of had that period there where she kept getting injured. Bailey is much better in this role than her hugger role. I never thought I'd say that because I love the hugger, but this version is much better. And the three together going back and forth. And you know people aren't getting bored of it because when Charlotte Flair was doing this, everybody was losing their minds. But Bailey and Sasha Banks have pretty much been on every show for the last 10 years and nobody's saying anything. And that's because it works. That's because they're being pitched the right way. And they have all the belts. They're basically doing everything that Charlotte Flair was doing, but Charlotte Flair will get a kicking for it and we all get behind uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks, which is fine. Not the kicking of Charlotte Flair, but the supporting of, um, uh, what'd you call it? Uh, these two. So the only problem I had with it, if we go to the main event, Oscar and Bailey, uh, Oscar and uh, it was Oscar and Bailey was uh, was awesome, like absolutely, absolutely awesome. But I can't, I can't get my head around why WWE feels the need to only pick 
Three, they have three finishes, right? They have three finishes. They have distraction finish. You know this. Distraction finish, disqualification finish, uh, and roll-up finish. And here we push two together. Nikki Cross, who for some reason was just allowed to be on commentary. That was fine, even though she's a SmackDown superstar, which doubly pissed me off because security were going to throw her out, but the announcers went, oh no, we vouch for her. Not a thing. But you've got this stupid rule you told me about where SmackDown and Raw guys can jump across four times. Just say that's one of them. This is one of the times. But no, we didn't do that. Anyway, she eventually does get thrown out. She appears in the crowd. Bailey is so surprised by this. Oscar Lock turned into a surprise roll up there it is there's a two one two three and i think the doubly the reason it made me roll my eyes is that earlier on when we had Kyrie sane versus sasha banks having a really good match i was really enjoying it boston crab bailey jumps in disqualification you're like that's a waste of 15 minutes of my life and you've just wasted my life there's no conclusion and it would be fine if we didn't do this all the time but we do it all the time that's why i preferred the main event finish because at least it was like a proper win kind of in inverted commas but we need to we just need clean wins we just need clean wins. Make me care about a win again. Right now, it means nothing because you just always know something kind of nuts is going to happen. But outside of that, you know, Oscar Bailey and Sasha Banks can't control it. They, they're having the time of their lives. And that's kind of mad to me because it's happening in a time when there's no crowds. And you would think that others would struggle, but they haven't. It's almost like they've made it their own. If we're going to call this the behind closed doors era, you know, there are three, those are three people I'd absolutely throw in there that have, uh, you know, grabbed the ball by the horns. And I, I can't wait for the eventual Sasha Banks and Bailey breakup. I don't think it's possible, but if you can eat this out to WrestleMania 37, put it as the damn main event for both the titles. That's what I would do. Much like they did with Becky Lynch. Both belts on the line. Who's going to win Sasha Banks or Bailey? I'd be perfectly all right with it. I don't think you can eke it out that long because it will be, what will be in July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. That's nine months. Have a kid in that time. Maybe Becky Lynch will be back. But um, yes, yeah, too long. That's absolutely too long. So yeah, don't do that. Uh, shout out to some people in the chat. Shout out to my man, Dan Lemley, who is here. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, French Prince of Africa says Heath Slater was great. We'll talk about that in a second. Rhett Shooter also agrees. Tasman81 says, what's my opinion on the US title? He doesn't like it. I like it a lot. My thing, I'm not really a belt guy. I don't really get that mad about it, but I did think it looked good. And even if I didn't like the Universal Championship, I know in two, three, four weeks, we're all going to have moved on to something else and we won't care anymore. So... I, I move on. Uh, the one true agrees. I like the new US title, but I don't feel the old one needed to change. I don't agree with that. I think updating a belt every now and then is good. And we did the Intercontinental recently, so why not the United States? Especially if we get kind of a crowning, be it Apollo Crews retaining or MVP winning. I kind of like that too. Um, where am I going? Ikather says, Simon, you've got to tell the people on YouTube that you're going on going live on Twitch in a moment. I mean, I should do that. But unfortunately, anytime I do anything like that, YouTube just kicks my ass. So unfortunately, I can't. But I appreciate you caring. It's all right. We'll build an audience up here. It'll take some time. But that is um, that is fine. And Bald A-Hole Fan says, who does win that eventual Bailey sasha showdown? Well, that's a great point. This is what I can't really figure out. Who is the heel, right? Because right now, they're both assholes. And the descent is coming from their egos, Bailey wants to outdo Sasha Banks and, and, and vice versa. And I, t the weird thing is, and I think a lot of people would disagree with this, I would find myself sympathizing more with Bailey than I would Sasha Banks. But I think the money is in Sasha Banks winning, therefore she should be the babyface. But I just don't think that Sasha is as good a babyface as she is a heel. I'm not saying that she's bad, which is always what people jump on. So I don't know. That's a very interesting question. I, I hope they have a plan and I hope they stick to it because... 
most stories are good when you know where you're going, and I presume they do here, hence why it's at the level that it is. But I think you could argue that till the cows come home, which one should be? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people are saying that, yeah, as Bald A-Hole fan says, a lot more people are sympathizing with Sasha. I'm not saying sympathizing was the wrong word. I think that Bailey is asserting her authority more. But in terms of their characters, I always found Sasha Banks, who's meant to be the boss, right? This this confident, arrogant warrior, to be harder to get behind as a good guy. But we'll find out. We'll find out. I don't care. As long as the story is good, I'm 100% for it. And I think, uh, I, honestly, the, the women's division is, is pretty good right now. It really, really is. Other than the Ruby Riot stuff. I don't like the Ruby Riot stuff. And it doubly annoyed me because the promo that segued it all together was on Raw Talk. Why is it on Raw talk? Put it on Raw. They better have highlights of that next week. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my mind. She explained the stuff with Liv Morgan. She sounded genuine. She sounded believable. And then sort of, you know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes earlier, she's been beaten by Billy Kay after she got beaten by Peyton Royce. I know there was a distraction, but I was like, man, I have no investment in this whatsoever. But at least they're being featured. You know, it's much better. I'd rather have the Iconics and uh, Ruby right on my television than not. Uh, but either way, massive shout out to Oscar, Sasha Banks and Bailey. I think those three are great. I think they're awesome. And obviously Sasha Banks, a massive draw. Io Shirai and her killed in the ratings on NXT. And then the internet melted down. But what are you going to do? We also had Heath Slater back on WWE television, which you will find very strange if you didn't know. I'm sure you did because he's been fired <laughs> for the last four months or three months, whatever it's been. But he was back. The... The idea here was excellent, I thought. You know, I always enjoy the heel challenger bringing back people from the champion's past. The only thing that sucks is we've only got like another one more Raw until Extreme Rules. We should have started this a couple of weeks ago and brought more people back. I don't know who that would have been, but you know, there would have been there would have been individuals we could have done it with. And he Slater came back, he's put on weight, he cut a good promo, kind of buried Drew McIntyre by saying, hey man, when you got fired, I rang you every day and I've been fired since March and you haven't called me once. I was a bit like... Why, why is Drew McIntyre an asshole now? But when they embraced after their impromptu match, I thought that was quite decent. So I just liked all of that. I just don't understand why we're not being told what the stipulation... Well, no, 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 let me rephrase. I do know why WWE isn't telling us the stipulation for the Dolph Ziggler-Drew McIntyre match. It's because they don't know yet, and they're trying to figure it out. But nothing is going to make sense. I know I've said this a few times, but nothing is going to make sense other than Dolph Ziggler going, well, whatever happens, no matter the outcome, I win the championship. Because if someone says to me, Simon, I would give you a million pounds, but you can come up with how to get it, I go, well, just give it to me. And if I have the power to do that, they have to give it to me. And therefore, that's what Dolph should do. I mean, he shouldn't. I mean, he won't, sorry, I should say. But that's the only ridiculous thing with that. Um, but I, you know, I think the match will be good. I loved everything here with Heath Slater. I, it kind of sucked that the match that came out of nowhere only lasted 30 seconds and, and Drew McIntyre just kicked his head off. But, you know, Heath Slater was brought back as a prop, right? That's the truth of the matter. He was brought back as a prop. He was never going to beat the WWE champion. He was there to uh, just to extend a different storyline, which is fine. I mean, it was fine. I'm just, I think we should have revealed the stipulation on this show. I think we should have had that talking point. And I don't think necessarily, it doesn't really make a massive difference given how pay-per-views work. But announcing your stipulation for the kind of main event of the whole thing six days before, it just seems a little bit, silly to me i think you should have at least have announced it here so next week you can build it up explain the rules explain how it's going to work plant the seed of doubt that because dolph has chosen this you're just painting yourself into a corner so yeah not my uh it's okay it's okay but drew mcintyre is such a strong good champion that i think he kind of carries it 
I suppose as well it loses some of its luster because nobody believes Dolph Ziggler is going to win. Like if we let's do it now, an impromptu predictions for Extreme Rules in the chat, just write yes or no. Is Dolph Ziggler going to win the championship at that pay per view? And I want you to mean it too. I want you to mean it. No, uh, no lying. Don't no 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 lying at all. Uh, talked about Kyrie saying returning had a match with Sasha Banks was good, but the finish was ridiculous. Um, everything with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, I like, and Rey Mysterio. I think because everyone in the chat now, for the record of people listening on podcasts, is saying, no, one person said yes, but I'm going to guess they're being facetious. I like the Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins stuff because it is consistent, right? It's not the best story I've ever heard, but I know who the good guy is. I know who the bad guy is. We do a, a thing to uh, progress it every single week. I'm never going to go nuts about it, but sometimes I don't need that. I just, like I say, I need consistency, and, and we've got that. Also, the match I thought was good. You know, it turned out to be uh, Seth Rollins and Murphy taking on Rey Mysterio and Kevin Owens because Alistair Black was taken out beforehand by Seth. And the old, you know, the, 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 the long and the short of it is they got to choose their stipulation too. And Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins are going to have an I versus an I match where, although not officially stated, it was certainly suggested that the winner will be the person that removes the other person's eye. Pause for effect. Now, <laughs> Rey Mysterio's contract apparently is up, right? Apparently he doesn't have a contract. He is currently working on a handshake deal because him and Vince McMahon couldn't agree on finances. They couldn't agree on money. So if Rey Mysterio wanted to go to AEW on Wednesday, he could. He won't because I think he's a man of his word and he's a man of honor, but he could. And whether or not Vince McMahon is going to pay him the money he wants, I don't know. Should he? Yes. Rey Mysterio is an all-time legend, but I don't know. So in my head, I'm now thinking, okay, they're going to do an eye versus an eye match because Seth Rollins is going to remove one of Rey Mysterio's eyes. I'll repeat that. Seth Rollins is going to remove one of Rey Mysterio's eyes, win the match through this... I mean, look, it's called Extreme Rules, so fair play to WWE. And the long and the short of it... <laughs> will be that we'll never see Rey Mysterio again because he only has one eye. Now, let's say that somehow you do get negotiations heading in the right direction and you can come to some kind of a deal. How the hell <laughs> are you going to explain Rey Mysterio getting his eye back? More importantly, how are you going to pull this off? How are you going to simulate somebody having their eye pulled out on live television? Or I don't know if they're recording um, Extreme Rules or not. It is so strange. And, you know, Rey Mysterio was so adamant about this. He was like, oh, I'm going to rip that eye out your face. And even Kevin Owens was like, all right, bruh, you need to calm down. The announcers were disgusting. Uh, Byron Saxton was throwing up. I don't know what's going to happen here. I really, 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 really don't. And I, I like everything up to this. And I'm sure they have an idea. And I thought Dominic being at ringside and Seth Rollins trying to get DQ'd and attacking Dom. All good stuff. Like, all good stuff. Bit weird that Kevin Owens got inserted into this when he was feuding with Angel Garza, but clearly there's been a changing of the guard, which we'll talk about that in a second too. I presume he'll be at ringside as well to try and make sure that Buddy Murphy doesn't do anything. But who had eye for an eye match on their 2020 calendar? And I know it's similar to what, uh, I think it was Ortiz and John Moxley did in AEW. Was it Santana? I can't remember. But that was a bit different because they'd already lost their eyes, right? Their eyes were already damaged, so it was just a, like a grudge match. And specifically, nobody was telling the other to rip the other person's eye out. I think that's how you win. It, again, it wasn't stated, but it wasn't unstated either. Absolutely, I don't know what to make of it. I'm intrigued, though. And also, we always talk about the fact that Extreme Rules is not very extreme. Well, it is this year. In 2020, it's going to be damn extreme. 
we have to see an eye. We have to see a Mortal Kombat fatality. It's as simple as that. That's what they've got to pull off. What are people saying about it in the chat? Um, people are still talking about Dolph because <laughs> I set that one off. Uh, weirdest stip ever in true. Uh, and that's pretty much just shock horror. Just shock horror. Yeah, someone's called it's called the horror show Extreme Rules, Simon. They told us like 50 times they did. Well, it is going to be a horror show. I think an eye versus high is more horrific than a swamp match. They should have they should have built it onto the end of this. I don't know what they're going to do. I think Seth Rollins has to win, especially because Kevin Owens highlighted the fact that he's lost a lot since WrestleMania. Oh, that I've got to talk about that as well. So you do the Kevin Owens show, and Seth Rollins is the guest. And Seth Rollins is like, oh, well, ever since WrestleMania, you've been injured, Kevin Owens. No, he hasn't. He feuded with Angel Garza and had a US title match against Apollo Crews. I know I'm being a stickler and a nerd and a geek. I hate it when WWE does that. It's like, don't punish me for being a fan. I watched all that shib. Don't all of a sudden pretend it didn't exist just because you came up with a new idea, a new story. I know you changed the booker, but you didn't change your fans. Don't get it. Don't get it. Anyway, it was fine. Bizarre segment with Big Show. And they have turned... I like the Viking Raiders being an absolute pair of doofuses. But some of the stuff that comes out here, like they were just goofing and laughing, and then Big Show hits them, and all of a sudden they become serious and talk some crap about Viking raiding. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, so stupid, it really, really was. Right, Randy Orton, who's secretly the greatest person on, on WWE TV. Absolutely excellent. He was teaming up with Angel Garza and uh, Andrade to take on Big Show and the Viking Raiders, obviously, that we just talked about, which kind of ties into everything that's been going on. Big Show wants to kick... Uh, sorry, Randy Orton wants to kick Big Show's head off. He's just great. Randy Orton is just awesome. Like, when he grabbed Angel Garza like he was his dad and threw him against the wall and told him to stop goofing around and to stop fighting with Andrade, I totally believed every word of it. Just, he's, Randy Orton has found himself again, and I think he's, I think he's absolutely phenomenal. Then you had... Excuse me, an RK out of nowhere on Eric to win the match. Big Show was all sad. We're going to do big... I don't think we've properly announced it yet, but we're going to do Big Show versus Randy Orton at Extreme Rules. And I really hope Randy Orton just destroys him, kills him, legend killer and all that, punts his head off, and then we can go on to do something else. Although it was also teased, I thought, that maybe he's going to wipe out our truth Because R-Truth was getting chased by the ninjas and Orton told them to go in a different direction. I would like that a lot. Because I think you can make the argument that R-Truth is a bit of a legend. Right, He's been around a long time. People like him. He's got a following. His tenure is incredible. And he'd get genuine sympathy if Randy Orton did punt him right in the head and, and take him off TV for a while. And that's what we need until Edge can come back. Uh, Randy Orton needs to keep taking out people that are legends, and they are few and far between. Like Edge is gone. Christian is gone. Big Show will go. Our truth can go in there. As I say every week, you could do Goldberg. They won't, but you could do. Otherwise, I don't know who else you bring back, and I don't know who else they have on that roster. Unless he's going to punt Ric Flair, that would work, you know, because he's you know such a crazy man who hears voices in his head. Because if you pre-record it, you can do a punt on Flair, and he doesn't actually touch him, but with camera angles, it looks like he does. And if you take out that guy as well, and you all tie into this big edge comeback, who obviously has now gone crazy after that um, uh, uh, promo a few weeks ago, I, I think that I think it will be great. I think it'll be absolutely awesome. But Randy Orton is is he's on fire. There's no, I won't hear anything. He's so boring. He's not boring. He's incredible to watch, and uh, and I like him. And we've talked about. Uh, I think that was raw, right? It was raw, man. It's so it's so quick and easy to go through when you do it like that. I did think it was a good show though, and I do think it's heading in the right direction. Uh, there's still a lot of nonsense and silliness on there, but when you have a 180-minute program, I presume that that's just what's going to happen. <laughs> you're not going to get you're not going to get around it. I'm going to assume that a lot of this is due to do with testing, 
But yeah, Natalia, Lana, Austin Theory, uh, Street Profits. We have to come up with stories about why these people have disappeared or just get them back on the show as soon as possible when it's health and when it's safe to do so, I should say. Because it does make a little bit of a mockery out of these, you know, I guess it's just nature of the beast. But do what AEW did. I hate comparing the two because people go nuts. But, you know, AEW tying John Moxley's problems into his story with Brian Cage, really fun, really good, really interesting. I'm like, oh, wow, it feels like it's grounded in reality as opposed to sort of zooming off to this alternative dimension once every week or twice every week that WWE does. And they just pretend that nothing else is going on. It's like we know things are going on. It's okay to reflect that in your entertainment. In fact, some of the best forms of entertainment do that wonderfully. But I don't want to be too negative. I don't. I, I did like it. I, the finishes are nuts and some of the character choices are strange. But I think the people that are doing their work are hitting it out of the park to such a degree that it works uh, That it works for the shows. And Mad Tasman says, Our truth has stayed for a long time after all the times WWE ruined him. Good on him. Uh, name Lick says a punt on Flair would be awesome. Indeed, it's true. A few people saying that now. They believe that Orton will punt Flair. Yeah, I think so. At least that explains why Flair's there. The moment he's just been a granddad for no apparent reason. Uh, Pratt says Seth might lose. Imagine a one-eyed lady. Uh, you know what? Seth losing to lose an eye to make him more of a crazy cult leader would be good. But they need to make that. They need to establish that. And they need to add more people to his group. He's a pretty crappy cult leader. In terms of Kayfay, he had two people and he lost one of his followers. And people are so stunned by it, they don't even mention it. So we need to change that. And uh, Joe Downtown says they also keep stalling Ruby for what is an apparent positive test for Liv. Well, if that is true, that is okay. I mean, it's not okay. I don't want anyone to have the uh, the, the, the virus. But I like it. As long as they explain it, which Liv Morgan did do a good job of um, last night on Raw Talk, not Raw. Putting those two back together, I don't think is the worst thing in the world. Especially if you treat them right, have them beat the Iconics, and then have them go on to win the Tag Team Championships. Why not? If you want to be super critical, I don't think it's a problem right now, but it's a shame that sort of four women are holding all the belts at the moment, which stops other people having a having a shot. That's fine. Tell the story, progress it, move past it. But then, yes, give it to the likes of Liv Morgan. Give it to the likes of Ruby Riot. I mean, uh, Tamina, Naomi, uh, Lacey Evans. I said how good the women's division is, and it's true, but we need to bring those women back into it too. You know, we need to make sure that it's got depth there. That's a good way to do it, is to maybe make some of them tag teams and have them fight for the championships and then have a few other people fighting for the singles belts. I don't know. We uh, we will see. Uh, Bald Hell fan says, where are the original two big guys from Seth Sect? Uh, they've, they're injured, aren't they? The authors of, one of them is injured of the Authors of Pain. Uh, they'll be back soon enough. It, it was a shame, but injuries happen. You can't you can't get mad at injuries. Stick Revenge, the Apollo versus the Poo, Apollo Crews match should be good. But the only thing is, is he going to turn heel? No, I don't think so. I think now they're letting uh, Apollo Crews talk and be more like himself. You can actually see, you know, he's got the chops to do this. He just needs the he just needed the platform to do it. Now, I, I thought his fire promo last week before his match with MVP just sounded legit. It sounded real, which he hasn't done for a while. So let him do more of that. I'm in I mean, two minds about taking the belt off him because I think MVP would do great with it. But I also think, you know, you want to make sure M Apollo Crews has some worth. We'll wait and see. It, it's good to be in that position. It's much better than Dolph Ziggler versus Drew, like I say, where I'm like, well, Drew's just going to absolutely annihilate him. So, yeah, we will wait and see what happens with that. Shayna Baszler we should talk about. So there is a report out there that Vince McMahon has given up on Shayna Baszler, followed up by yet another report that she was at tapings this week and she was booked on main event. 
Now, I've got nothing against main event. I think main event is a good show, but it has often been seen as a death knell for stars that are meant to getting a push. Like Ricochet and Cedric Alexander until recently were lost on there. And most of the time, if you're wondering where a guy has gone, it will be down on main event. I don't understand it. Uh, to me, Shane, it is twofold to this. From a uh, backstage point of view, I find it a mystery that a company that has pushed Brock Lesnar for so long can't see that they have the female version. That's kind of being doing an unfair disservice to Shayna Baszler, but you take my point. I'm, I'm simpling it a little bit. Just do that again, but in the women's division. She's legit. We all know she's legit. Okay, she doesn't look like your traditional WWE female superstar. I couldn't give two hoots what they look like. I give a care. I care about their characters and their promo skills and their in-ring match quality and how you know my response to them emotionally when I see them. Shayna Baszler should be kicking everybody's ass, and she's not. And the other part of this is the people that moaned, and this could you could be part of the problem for the record. The people that moaned, oh, Shayna Baszler is here. It's so boring. And now she's not on TV. Like, oh, classic. Vince McMahon's taken her off TV. You've got to pick a side and stick to it because it's that kind of confusion which then bleeds into WWE and you see it happening all over your television set. There, you know, Shayna Baszler being that dominant and that good in NXT wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't an accident. It's because she has the chops to do this. And I thought, I thought it all been going great. I thought it all been going fine. Like, I understand the, the biting of Becky Lynch's ear or whatever the hell it was. The bite in general was a little bit silly. But did it make her come across like an absolute monster? Yes, it did, which was the point. So I'm like, okay, fine. Mission achieved. Or oh, mission successful. It just, it's lost on me. It's, she's, she's so good. She can fit right in there. You know, when all this Oscar Bailey, Sasha Banks stuff is done, you want a credible, a credible threat. And the best thing about Shayna Baszler, while she is, you know, inherently a heel... You could still bring her back and have her scare the absolute shit out of someone like Bailey. Or you could do a Bailey uh, Shayna Baszler match where Bailey is just absolutely terrified, but obviously not showing it. And Shayna Baszler just has all the momentum in the world. She doesn't have to win the title. Again, WWE loves shenanigans. Do some of your shenanigans. But putting Shayna Baszler on main event where you could absolutely use her to uh, add depth to your women's division. I get it. I get it. I, I truly don't. And when I saw that report come out, I just I shook my head. I shook my head like I don't I, I don't get it. And of course he was meant to win the 2020 Royal Rumble and that got changed and it just seemed like the beginning of the end. And I, it's going to take me a while to get my head around it because I think she's that good. Uh, I did a video on this too, so make sure you head over to my YouTube channel. Just search for Simon Miller. But I love it when my two favorite things come together. But Chris Hemsworth, who was going to star in the Hulk Hogan movie, came out and said, look, it's all going aboard. Script's being written. I'm invested. I'm going to watch wrestling. And I'm going to get massive. His quote was, was, I've got it here. I will have to put on more size than I ever have before which he will do. He's going to have to get much bigger than he was in Thor. He's going to have to get much bigger than, you know, sort of other roles that he's taken on. I don't know how he's going to do it. I really, really don't. He's probably going to have a six-month window to turn himself into an 80s muscle beach dude. I'm not saying that he can't do that. I'm saying, I like the idea, though. I I know that Hulk Hogan is involved, so you're not going to get the true Hulk Hogan story. But given that it is a Netflix biopic, which means I'm just going to have it because I subscribe to Netflix, and that a proper Hollywood actor has signed up for it, I'm pretty excited about it. I think there's a big chance it could be ridiculous, but I think it will be ridiculous in the right way. But that was a great little nugget of news to see. It's like, how is this all going to work out? And I really don't know. I have absolutely, I have absolutely no clue. I think that's all the news as well. If there's anything else you want to talk about, drop it in the chat and we will. Otherwise, we've got to mention the, uh, let me get them up, the Fighter Fest and where is it? There we go. And NXT, oh, the NXT Great American Bash. 
does not have that many matches at the moment. But Firefest is going on a Wednesday. Uh, we're going to get Kenny Omega and Hangman Page taken on Private Party for the championships. If you haven't seen BTE this week, they are teasing massively that Kenny Omega may be going through a character transformation. So if you've been waiting for that, you're going to get it. So keep an eye on it. Also going to get eight-man tag team match. FTR versus the Butcher and the Blade versus... Oh, no, sorry. Incorrect. It's eight-man, isn't it? FTR and the Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Brothers. How that can't be good, I don't know. Colt Cabana versus the Dark Order. Nyla Rose versus TBA. Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. And Chris Jericho versus Orange Cat which Chris Jericho has said is one of his best matches ever. He started off by saying one of his best matches in AEW, then he changed it. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward in terms of who, who wins what. I think Kenny Omega and Adam Page retain their titles because why would you? there's no need for Private Party to win. Uh, FTR and the Young Bucks, I think, have to win that match, but there has to be some, or they can, there has to be some dissension, essentially. And you can either have that dissension, but they both win, which carries on their idea that they're the best tag teams in the world, or the dissension causes a mistake and, and they lose. I just think it's important that however you do that pin, you keep both teams strong because when they come together, you want to believe that they are the best. So I would say the FTR and Young Bucks win, but there's, you know, they're, they're not happy at all. Uh, Cole Cabana and the Dark Order against SoCal Uncensored. I love SCU. But you've got to have the Dark Order win here. You've got to continue on this thread that if Colt Cabana joins the Dark Order, he'll actually win. He'll get victories. He'll feel good. Uh, Nyla Rose, I imagine it's TBA because it's just going to be some squash match. So obviously Nyla Rose. Same with Lance Archer and Joey Janela. I love Joey Janela. I think he works hard and I think he takes some crazy bumps. But I don't think AEW is going to have Lance Archer lose twice. And Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy is, a, is an interesting one. I don't think Chris Jericho loses in any sense of the word. So the goal here is to establish Orange Cassidy in the way that AEW wants you to take him if you're not familiar with his work, but also give you the impression that he could have beaten Chris Jericho. I don't know how you do that. Maybe Orange Cassidy takes most of the match and then it's a Judas effect out of nowhere. One, two, three. But if it's as good as I want it to be, I'm very, very excited about it. I think it will be absolutely, um, absolutely badass. And as for the Great American Bash Night 2... Yeah, three matches, which is Breezango and Drake Maverick versus El Lagaldolf El Tantasma. Can't pronounce it. Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae in a street fight. And of course, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole for the championship versus championship. Won't talk about that for obvious reasons. Uh, Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae, I think, will be good. Uh, you can go either way with the street fight. But my gut says probably Mia Yim, I don't know. And I don't think El Legado are going to lose to Breezango. I think they've made it quite clear that Breezango are there to put other people over, which is fine. I'm just happy to see them on my television set. But I think it's another awesome, it's an awesome night for wrestling. I love this two-week pay-per-view thing. And I know Great American Bash came out of nowhere. But the 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 facts are in the in the numbers i know that the 18 to 49 which is the magic one still goes to all elite wrestling but all the statistics for nxt are headed in the right direction and in that sense it was a correct business move because they're all about increasing business i will say though if you're going to have chris jericho and orange cassidy and then keith lee and adam cole on at the same time just because it is champion versus champion with the belts on the line i'm probably going to watch the nxt one first i mean i won't because i'll watch all of AEW. that's my job but from a fan's point of view, I am more invested in that idea. And that's not to say I'm not invested in Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy, because I really am. But again, it's champion versus champion. And if you care about those characters, and the two people I think I care most about in NXT are Adam Cole and Keith Lee, especially Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee, even though he has been signed to WWE, has still not been treated in the way that he needs to. I think he's that good. You know, I want to see what's going to go down. But I do love the fact that we have these two sort of free-esque pay-per-views over the last couple of weeks. I think it's worked well. I think it's given both uh, brands something to focus on. 
I got no problem with it either way. I don't care wins or lose when it comes to ratings either. I want them all to do well. I still find it nuts when, you know, NXT wins and you get AEW people going, oh, it's the worst thing ever. They should go out of business. Like, why would you want anyone to go out of business? What does that benefit to you? Just don't watch that show. It doesn't mean that it's a better show or a worse show. It just means that's what people chose to do with their time. I know one did this with like Friends and Seinfeld. I know they weren't running side by side, but if you have a discussion about what did better, what's a better show, no one goes, oh, well, Seinfeld pulled this rating. And if you do, you're flipping insane. <laughs> you, need to, you need to look inside and try and figure it out. Uh, Slick Revenge says he feels like there might be some interference and Orange Cassidy wins. I can't see it. That's just not an AEW way to go about it. It's, it's rare. But of course, there is the inner circle there. So there's absolutely no... Um, no reason why not. Uh, Jenk says, could Nyla Rose take on Abandon? Uh, sorry, Abaddon. I always call her Abandon because that's how I see the word. No, I don't think so because I think you want Nyla Rose to win and you do not want Abaddon to lose for a hell of a long time. You can't introduce a character like that and have her lose. You know, she needs to be established. That was the problem with Bray Wyatt, right? The original version, it just didn't work. Um, will Killer Cross take out someone on Wednesday, says Darren? I don't know. I don't know what Killer Cross is going to do. I don't think it's a problem keeping him off the show and having him as the first challenger for whoever wins between Adam Cole and Keith Lee. I think that works really, really well. And I think Karrion Cross is... He's kind of a Shades of Grey character at the moment, so he could easily take on Adam Cole. You just need to make sure whoever he does take on is a little bit freaked out. Unless it's Keith Lee. Keith Lee doesn't need to be freaked out. Keith Lee is a mountain. Keith Lee should be able to hold his own. Adam Cole is a different character, but... Uh, but maybe. Uh, Slick Revenge says, where is Champa? Is he moving up or is he coming back to NXT? I don't know. But Randy Orton did say that he wanted to work with him. So maybe that's on the cards. Maybe when he's done with the big show. I mean, look, Champa's not a legend, but he is kind of a legend of NXT. So if you wanted to tell that story, I would buy it. It would need some serious pushing and a heavy handed nature to it. But I'd be fine with it. That's still a killing of a legend. As long as you establish we're talking about NXT legend here. You can argue, is that really that good? You know, to take a character like Randy Orton that doesn't need to beat someone like Champa, whereas Champa to a new audience would. I don't know the answer to that question. And I think it's bad that I wouldn't care which way it went either. I should care more, but I just, uh, I just don't. And uh, Blade says they could also do interference in Cole versus Lee. Of course they could, Undisputed Era. Well, they probably should do that regardless. Regardless who wins, those guys should come out and Keith Lee should swap them away because that just makes Keith Lee look cool. And Keith, Lou, Keith, uh, Keith Lee is awesome. So, you know, it's, uh, it's as simple as that. Other than that, though, I think that's kind of the wrestling world. Uh, we talk about, I, I should leave a bit here to talk about SmackDown. I liked SmackDown this week um, to, a, to a point. There was a lot of nonsense on it. Uh, I like the, the Drew Gulak versus AJ Styles match. I know AJ Styles took a lot of it, but I just think those two guys work really, really well together. So I dug that. What the hell was the first match? Oh, Matt Riddle versus uh, John Morrison. That absolutely kicked ass. John Morrison is brilliant. I mean, Matt Riddle is good too, but John Morrison is flipping brilliant. I mean, my word, that guy should get a proper push in a world title run at some stage. I thought they did a decent job in building up the Swamp match. I mean, if you wanted to get me invested in a Swamp match, you, you, that's what you had to do. I don't want Braun Strowman to win. I don't know what it is about Braun Strowman as champion. It just doesn't work for me. How strange is that? Absolutely bizarre. I'm not behind him at all. I want Bray Wyatt to absolutely murder him. I need to, I need to search my feelings and try and figure out what's uh, going on there. I don't like the Jeff Hardy storyline, I've decided. As I always caveat, I know, boring, boring. If he's happy with it, that's great. But it made no sense. Sheamus couldn't even be at the show because of the testing situation. And then Jeff Hardy bottles an innocent bar bartender. <laughs> Terrible. And kicks the crap out of him. And I'm meant to feel sorry for him. As opposed to going, you're coming across a bit like a crazy drunk person. 
It's not for me. It just isn't. I mean, Jeff Hardy has to win this feud, but a big part of me is like, I think I'd prefer it. I'd prefer it Sheamus won, which is terrible. And then you had the incredible, I can't even think of the word, fallout between Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and Sasha Banks and Bailey, where I had no sympathy for the good guys and I had all the love for the bad guys. I, I am a disconnect with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and I don't know why. Same on Raw. I wanted Nikki Cross to get her ass kicked, but not anything she's doing wrong. But I like the other guys so much more than I do her. It's just one of those things. It's like when Bret Hart went heel in 1997. Everyone booed him. I didn't. I always wanted Bret Hart to win. And I just, I guess there's something about it that makes me, uh, makes me side with them. So uh, Slick Revenge says, I think Bray is going to lose, then go on to SummerSlam as the Fiend and defeat Braun then. I think you're right. It's a shame because I've now come around to this idea that I prefer Hillbilly Bray Wyatt. But no, I think you're right. I think they are going to do that. It's not the end of the world. It's fine. Uh, but I don't think it helps that character losing again. I, in a way, I'd rather they didn't bring him back at all. It kind of makes me sad on uh, sad of some levels. But hey-ho, what are you going to do? Uh, we'll do some questions to finish off. I asked for some on my Patreon too. So hopefully, I'm on my other computer today. It would just let me log in and get them. It has, maybe. It's thinking about it. It's uh, Patreon's all over the place at the moment. It has let me in. This is a good day. Now I find out that nobody has asked any questions, and I'll be a sad, <laughs> I'll be a sad panda. It's only because I put the post up so late, though. Tuesdays are always nuts, and Tuesdays are getting and more and more nuts because there's just so much to do, but that's all good. I do have some questions. Sweet, my man James. Does the Oscar Bailey finish count as the most devastating move in all of entertainment? And if so, that must be a really small sport in an otherwise banging match. Of course it does. It was a roll-up, and it was a surprise, and there was a distraction. Sometimes people get down on me for this. They say, oh, Simon, that was actually a cradle. A roll-up is a roll-up. It's a surprise pin. The other person, for no reason whatsoever, has been so taken aback by this, they can't kick out. I'm not yelling at you, James. I'm just yelling at the situation and the people that come at me and tell me this. Also, I came up with it. Therefore, I decide. <laughs> I decide. Also, were you taken off guard like I was when Oscar landed the spinning back fist and looked kind of stunned and didn't follow up? Do you think that was just a case of her worrying about it if she'd really hurt Bailey? Yes, it was. I didn't mention this on ups and downs. I didn't realize it was going to be such a big thing. But then I went on the internet and realized everybody was talking about it. I was like, okay. To me, it was just a mistake. The strange thing was it was a tape show. So why didn't they cut some stuff out? But maybe they thought they added, they added something to it. But it was a little bit all over the place. But... um. I, I didn't even mention it. Those things happened to me, but it was a pretty stiff shot. Uh, my man James, hey Simon, how do you keep giving such a positive aspect on the current WWE product? I think it's brilliant how you do it. I'm finding it hard to be interested in the last few weeks. Do you think a lack of crowd is a reason? Oh yeah. I mean, I watched uh, uh, some highlights with the crowd the other day and it was just great. I, you know, I'd forgotten how much better wrestling is with fans because that's what your brain does. How do I find a way to be positive about it? Well, I'm very lucky to do what I do. Again, I get to come on here and talk about it. I get to go on What Culture and talk about it. Again, ups and downs live right now. Make sure you check it out when we're done here. So I kind of watch it from that point of view now. And there's always something fun to take on it. And if something doesn't make sense, I don't get annoyed. I'm like, sweet, now I can do a Wizard in the Sky sketch. Or I can do a Stuff Just Happens sketch. Or I can come up with something new. You know, the madness of Raw and WWE allows me to be creative. And in that sense, I, I love it a lot. And also, wrestling is just not that important. And I mean that in a positive way. But look at everything we've seen in 2020 so far. Uh, I'm never going to let something that I love and, again, watch for entertainment bog me down too much because I don't think that's how you should live your life. I think if you'd want to go and moan and complain and shout, honestly, I mean it, more power to you. If you're getting something out of that, I support you in it, but I don't want to do that. I just want to, uh, like Cindy Lauper said, I just want to have fun. Well, that was girls, but still, it counts for everybody. 
Uh, Pratt thinks that Alexa and Nikki Cross will split up soon. You can sense the tension. Yeah, I turn, I, I'll be up for that. Alexa Bliss heel turn. Although you don't want to copy the Sasha Banks Bailey story too much. And I also worry that they would vanish into dust. So, you know, let's, as, let's absolutely not do that. Uh, Jack says, do you think the actual wrestling is better tape versus live? It doesn't bother me. Uh, I, I think there's benefits of both. You know, when you have a really good wrestling match and it's live, it's like, wow, they did that with no, uh, you know, stops or whatever. And when it's taped, okay, I'm still getting the same experience. Sometimes I don't even know it's taped. I forget because WWE schedule at the moment is all over the place. So it's not a, it's not a problem for me. Uh, Slick says, Simon, would you like a different Randy Orton, like the rookie killer? What do you think of that? And possibly Kari going back to her old gimmick. I wouldn't want a rookie killer just because that means you're going to take a bunch of young up and coming guys and feed them to Randy Orton. I don't think you need to do that. The cool thing about Randy Orton looking upwards rather than downwards is that he's almost taking the power from the uh, from the more the, the veteran guys and that almost adds to his allure so that's cool if anything you'd want a younger guy to become the new legend killer and take out randy orton that's how you build new stars and yes i would like Kyrie to go back to her old gimmick i like the pirate gimmick i thought when she came out to the kabuki warriors music that was a little disappointing but they've killed that thing they didn't understand it i don't think it's going to come back anytime soon i'm just happy she's back on my tv although the rumor is her contract is up soon and she may be going back to japan that would suck because I think she's a really good wrestler, but it all depends on what WWE has uh, has in store for her. But she's one of the best wrestlers in the world. She she, she really, really is. Um, Simon, if you could swap anyone on Raw to SmackDown or vice versa, who would it be, says Darren? I don't think... It doesn't really matter to me. They, they kind of blend into one. I don't think there's any benefit of moving anybody over at the moment. There's no matches that I'm desperate to see. I mean, AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre would be awesome, like a proper thought-out month, two, three-month-long program for the championship. But we don't need to do that. Same with Daniel Bryan, even though it's face versus face. I think Drew McIntyre works really go- really well with those small, quick guys, much like Brock Lesnar did. But there's no rush. We, we, I don't think was, they're not going to go anywhere for a while. So, no, I, I, the brand split means nothing to me. I don't think they should end it because I think if you end it now, you can never do it again because it becomes Boy Who Cried Wolf, although WWE wouldn't care about that. But no, there's, there's nobody that I'm yearning to see. Mostly because WWE always finds a way to get somebody on Mondays or Fridays, depending on what they want to do. So, you know. Uh, Pratt says, if there was a AEW versus NXT pay-per-view, what would be the main event in your opinion? Jeez, that is a question. Well, I'm, well, I say that. I think what you would want to do is you'd want to take... You, you want to do Kenny Omega versus Finn Balor would be my estimation. I think that's the one that would grab the hardcore fans' interest the most, which is kind of what that crowd is. I think they've done it in Japan before. That was a long time ago now. So that, or something like Cody Rhodes versus a, a Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor probably has the most star power in NXT, even more so than Keith Lee and Adam Cole, who obviously are fighting for the championship at the moment. There may be somebody I'm forgetting, but yes, I think... There are some great women's matches there as well, but I don't think any of the women on AEW have kind of cracked that ceiling at the moment. But they certainly will. They, they, they certainly will. Um, interesting, though. Uh, i got a friend of mine that actually think that's going to happen. He thinks all the financial problems right now eventually means that AEW and WWE are going to have to work together. I mean, he's crazy. 
but I, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the uh, his hope for this. Uh, should Bailey and Sasha go all the way to Survivor Series? No, I wouldn't do a Survivor Series. I mean, they did just announce that SummerSlam is not going to have fans. I mean, that's not a big surprise. Personally speaking, I don't think the Royal Rumble will have fans. I think you'll be lucky to have fans at WrestleMania. Therefore, if that's the case and SummerSlam is still a good month and a, it's still a good six weeks away, let's just do it at SummerSlam. I do want them. I know I talked about WrestleMania earlier. I do want them to do it in front of a crowd because I think the reaction will be awesome. But I think it's going to be so long that story will be running to the ground. SummerSlam's your next big main event, your big, big match. You get a massive program out of it that probably does bleed through till the Survivor Series. But I don't think there's no point eking out on the hope that you can put people back in buildings because I think it's going to be ages. And we will finish with Sam, who says, Simon, do you expect Strowman to retain Extreme Rules, meaning Fiend versus Strowman at SummerSlam? I don't think it's for the belt. Let me see what... I know, I know it's just um, Wikipedia. Let me see what Wikipedia says. I'm pretty sure the reason they're doing a Swamp match is to get around the fact... Yeah, it does not say for the Universal title. It does not say that on the WWE website. Uh, did you say the championship? Maybe I'm just making that up. Uh, actually, you didn't even mention the championship. I don't know why I thought... I know you said retain, yeah. I don't think it's going to be that. Which then begs the question, does it mean that Bray Wyatt's going to win because it wouldn't make a difference? I do think ultimately The Fiend beats him, though, yes. I think this idea that you bring out the worst version of Bray Wyatt to get the win makes all the sense in the world. I just don't want old Bray... I don't want to go on about it, but I don't want old Bray Wyatt to lose again. He always flipping loses. It's getting boring. It makes me sad. And I lied. I'll do a few other questions just because they came in. Do you think Vince being Vince has changed his mind on Bailey versus Sasha? No, there's too much money in it. I think he'd be convinced that he had to do it this time. And if you don't do it now, you would have screwed it. Do you think they will bring back something similar to the Attitude Era? again no because pg brings in too much money with sponsorships look at their tv deals i don't think you would have got that with the attitude era even with the crazy amount of um, audience you had and should nxt join main roster for SummerSlam matches i like keeping them separate because i think it makes nxt feel special but if you want to throw one on there and it's well built and explained then yes that's fine it's more exposure for those guys and exposure is uh, is massively uh, is massively important and that's that. That's the end of the show. Uh, if you want more content, again, I'm trying to do as many Twitch streams as I can, but I'm very blessed in the sense that life is really busy right now in a good way. But I, I implore you to sign up to the podcast feed uh, on, on whatever you know system you use. So Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show it will be there. I got loads of episodes going up. I know it's not the same as interacting live, but I answer questions. I get people on and we talk about the latest news. I really like the one we did last Friday. So please do check that out. And if you're subscribed, you'll get a notification. But uh, and yeah, make sure you follow me on Twitch as well. And you'll get a notification for that. I'll always do at least one of these a week. I want it to be two and it will be soon. It'll be as many as I can do. But just as this new schedule kind of balances itself out. But uh, thanks so much for joining me again. I appreciate it again. This will go up the podcast feed too. Maybe I'll start putting that in brackets so people know. Uh, but otherwise, look, I won't talk to you again before the NXT versus AEW shows. Enjoy them. It's fun. Uh, Raw was fun too. Wrestling is meant to be an escape. Hopefully it does that for you. And I'll talk to you when I talk to you.